This is the Brazil Institute podcast. I'm your host, Anya Prusa. I'm really excited to bring you this episode on the future of Brazil-U.S. relations. Just a few days before we taped, President Jair Bolsonaro of Brazil became the last G20 leader to officially congratulate U.S. President-elect Joe Biden. Bolsonaro has a strong personal affinity for President Trump, and they share a worldview, leading many to wonder just how well Bolsonaro is going to work with Joe Biden. At the same time, many of Biden's most ambitious international goals, especially climate change, will be impossible without the partnership of Brazil. Joining me to discuss these issues are Sergio Fausto, Executive Superintendent of the Fundação Fernando Henrique Cardoso, and a noted expert on Brazilian politics. We're also joined by Nick Zimmerman, former National Security Council Director for Brazil and the Southern Cone. Good morning, Nick, Sergio. Thank you so much for joining us for the Brazil Institute podcast. Um, as you all know, President-elect Biden is due to take office in just one month. And there's been a lot of questions about what the future of Brazil-U.S. relations is going to be going forward. Um, so I wonder, Sergio, if we could start with you um, and, and get your sense of why President Jair Bolsonaro of Brazil took so long uh, to offer his congratulations to Biden. And yeah, first, of, first of all, thank you. Thank you so much for the invitation. Well, at first sight, that seems to be that might, to some people, uh, looks like a sort of miscalculation or a crazy thing to do. But I have a different view on that. I think it, 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 it reflects the fact that Bolsonaro is, as much as Trump himself, uh, entirely focused on energizing his own base. And incredible though it may seem, for, his, for the core of his base uh, to be aligned to Trump is a, is a plus, right? And uh, so the fact that he took so long for recognizing uh, the fact that Trump has been defeated um, is part of the way he uh, his relationship with his base is is established. We should not forget that uh, for more than a, a month, uh, a, a big chunk of the baseless claims of uh, that the American presidential election was rigged came from Brazil. So that is a clear evidence that a significant part of Bolsonaro's base is first and foremost Trumpist. And I think this is the reason why it took so long for him to reckon to the fact that Trump has been defeated. And Nick, is this going to have a, a lasting impact on Brazil-U.S. relations once uh, Biden takes office? Well, first of all, let me just say, Anya, it's always a pleasure to, to be with you. Thank you for the opportunity and especially to have an opportunity to dialogue with, with Sergio. Uh, 
I think that the more troubling dynamic here in the relationship isn't so much the question of recognition of the presidential election result and when exactly the Bolsonaro administration did so, but rather the point that Sergio just hit on, which is that the Brazilian president and his inner circle seems to think that staying very closely tied to President Trump and his political brand is in his own political interest at home in Brazil. And I think moving forward, that could limit his desire um, and capacity, willingness to cooperate and develop a partnership with, with the Biden administration. Of course, the delay in recognizing the results probably has not gone unnoticed in, in democratic circles. But President Biden, President-elect Biden, I should say, uh, is a very experienced politician. This is not his first rodeo, so to speak. And frankly, he has a lot of experience in the context of U.S.-Brazil relations, having run um, policy in the Obama administration for the broader Americas and with Brazil specifically in the second term of President Obama's administration. So I think that there will be some measure and understanding of the domestic political situation in Brazil. But I do fear that there are some structural dynamics here uh, that could lead to a tense relationship, at least in the short term. Nick, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and let me, let me add one thing, and uh, sort of the other side of the coin. Uh, the thing is, there has been mounting pressure in Brazil, coming from the military, from business people, uh, from uh, high officials in different sectors of the government, in favor of an adjustment in terms of the Brazilian foreign policy followed uh, in these two first years of, of Bolsonaro. Um, and this uh, this it's 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 a mounting pressure for a more pragmatic uh, kind of foreign policy, and this mounting pressure has been strengthened by uh, the fact that the new occupant of the White House will be uh, Biden. So I I think we should factor this in uh, in 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 our assessment of how likely is that Brazil-U.S. Uh, relations will, will change for the better, in my view, in, in, in the foreseeable future. I don't know, what, what is your take on, in, in that regard? So, so I think it's a really important point, <clears throat> and I certainly hope it's, it's, it's the case. Uh, I, I see somewhat um, two countervailing uh, trends here, in a way. On the one hand, President Bolsonaro very much attached his political brand to President Trump at a time that his international reputation more generally became increasingly controversial. And now, given the election results and the incoming inauguration of President-elect Biden, uh, that geopolitical isolation seems to only deepen, which is why it makes sense to me that uh, at least some of the advisors in Bolsonaro's circle are advocating for a course adjustment. Brazil-Chinese relationships have become more difficult in the Bolsonaro era. Relations with Europe over trade and climate matters have become more tense as well. And now there's potential for increased tension with the United States with Trump's exit. So commonsensically, it would make sense to me 
for the Brazilian president to make a course correction here. And yet, in the very, very initial phase of the U.S. presidential transition period, we haven't really seen any concrete measures in that regard. We've heard quotes about uh, you know, gunpowder. Anya mentioned to kick off the conversation, the delay in recognizing the election results. So I think I might turn the question back to you. It's been, it's been rocky in this first month plus or so. Where are you seeing indications in, in concrete terms that Guanalto really might shift? Well, for now, I haven't seen any, uh, to, be, to be frank, Nick. And uh, uh, I'm, I, don't, I don't think uh, we should underestimate this, this link between Bolsonaro and Bolsonarism, the movement. Uh, that backs uh, uh, the president of Brazil, and Trump and Trumpism on the other hand. So, uh, assuming that uh, Bolsonaro' uh, political calculation is based on on domestic issues, uh, and that for a, an important chunk of his base, Trump is is an ally. I think we should, uh, the answer to whether there will be a significant adjustment, uh, a more pragmatic foreign policy, will depend, uh, strange though it may seem, on how uh, the political situation in the United States states evolve in the, in the coming months and, and years. Uh, in a nutshell, uh, will Trump be seen as a competitive candidate for the next presidential election in 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 2024 in the United States? This is one scenario. If he he is uh, severely damaged, his image is severely damaged by investigations and prosecutions and that kind of, this is a totally different scenario and i think that will affect brazil uh political uh, brazil us relations in the in the coming in the coming years and months it's a, the thing is you you you've mentioned common sense i think uh we we get i think we should get used to the fact that common sense is not necessarily <laughs> a good parameter to analyze foreign policy and domestic policy in 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 in, in, in the contemporary world world fair fair enough I, i'm not sure i can dispute that these days sergio let me ask you a question given that Trump's political future at this juncture, anyway, in, in December 2020, is, is unknowable. What advice would you give to the incoming Biden team that's going to be working on, on policy in, in the Americas on how to approach Brazil and the Bolsonaro camp uh, to try to structure things in a more productive way? Well, uh, this is a tall order, but I'll 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 I'll, I'll, I'll do my best. I think uh, I think be in a way be 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 firm but be soft, right? Uh, because if you overdo it, uh, the you the thing is they they will be Bolsonaro will instinctively push back. I think you should uh, build a trust. Uh, with the military, with the business people, and uh, I don't, 
and and try and this is a role that is crucial for the new American ambassador in Brazil to build trust uh, as much as possible at the personal level with with Bolsonaro, right? Uh, but the thing is to show the benefits uh, of a more pragmatic uh, uh, relationship with the United States. Take, take for instance, the, the environment. I think uh, it would be advisable if the Biden administration showed that there, there are concrete incentives for Brazil to embark on a different environmental policy with the backing of the U.S., but with without the slightest idea that the U.S. is interfering in uh, the domestic realm of Brazilian policies, because this is this is a very delicate issue, including and in specifically to the military. So it's it's a kind of uh, a fine line between. Uh, uh, putting certain pressure in the right direction, but in a in a in a skillful way, and uh, in in showing the benefits more. It's more uh, showing the the carrot than the stick. Let me put it that way. Uh, that that all makes good sense to to me. I think the good news here, uh, in response to those comments, Sergio, uh, would be twofold from where from where I sit. First of all, uh, what is the famous Tom Jobim quote? Brazil is a complex country, not not a country for beginners. beginners. Biden and his yeah, <laughs> Biden and his team that's coming in are not beginners when it comes to Brazil. They understand the complexities and the sensitivities of some of these issues. They negotiated in, in at least some measure of the team negotiated with Brazil and other leading countries on the climate Paris Climate Accords. Right. Obviously, we're in a different context there, but they do understand some of the sensitivities more broadly in Brazil uh, right. when it comes to, to climate matters. And I would also add that your point on working with the Brazilian military uh, to forge a more productive relationship, that strikes me as a very important point in no small measure, because actually the U.S.-Brazil defense relationship has made quite a number of gains, irrespective of which parties on both sides You're are right. in power. Uh, under the Obama administration, a number of defense agreements that really lay a good structural infrastructure for cooperation were signed. And this cooperation has continued in the Trump era. Obviously, the military, as I see it, uh, sitting here in the United States, occupies a privileged role and a, and a, and a role of influence within uh, the Bolsonaro administration. And so uh, that does strike me as a promising avenue for, for dialogue. Uh, and and to your point, does augur potentially for for some avenues of productive cooperation? Oh yes, it is definitely. But uh, keep in mind, Nick, uh, Bolsonaro is a very idiosyncratic kind of politician, and very jealous of the centrality of his position in the structure of power, and he entertains very complex relationships with the military, right? So uh, the 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 the, the the Biden administration should, at the same time, approach the military in an institutional way, looking long term for a win-win uh, situation. But at, at the same time, they will have to strike some kind of personal relationship with, with Bolsonaro himself. Otherwise, 
I I guess the 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 road ahead will be will be bumpy anyway. Let me raise one question for you. How about the more left wing uh, part of, of the Democratic Party? Uh, how how influential will will the more left wing party uh, uh, part of the of the Democratic Party will be in in terms of of, of policy making? In, in when it comes to to bilateral relationship with Brazil, well, it's a it's a it's a it's a good question, Sergio. Uh, obviously, the team is still being filled out in real time as we speak, so some of this is unknowable. Uh, only the most senior positions that have been been announced at this juncture, and this is going to unfold on, over a series of weeks and and frankly and frankly months. Uh, but the Democratic Party has in many ways become the big tent party, so to speak, ideologically. And the left wing is a very influential voice uh, in the party writ large. Part of my concern about the relationship is how politicized U.S.-Brazil relations have become in Washington, D.C., in no small measure because of how closely President Bolsonaro has aligned his political brand with that of President Trump expressing uh, support for his re-election campaign, having members of his administration and family uh, tweeting out their support and, and, and using apparel, you know, with the, the MAGA quotation and so on and so forth. It does, it has rather created a sense, at least in some democratic circles, that President Bolsonaro and his closest advisors have not truly pursued a strategic relationship partnership with the United States, but rather has pursued a strategic relationship with President Trump and yeah. perhaps the Republican Party. And in general terms, the more politicized a bilateral relationship gets in Washington, the less beneficial for the relationship writ large. We've seen this yeah. with a number of other countries, whether it's Saudi Arabia, Israel, China, in general terms, that is not good news. Uh, and it is a source of, of, of concern for me. Uh, as someone who's a, a believes in the potential of the bilateral relationship and also its its importance. So in the short term, I think we have to see how some of the personnel appointments play out. But more generally, I do think that the way that the Bolsonaro team approached the political environment in an era of pretty profound polarization here in the United States is ominous. Yeah. Well, yeah, I entirely agree with you. Let me add one thing uh, more specifically. It's the fact that deforestation in Brazil is very closely associated with, uh, with the issue of indigenous people, right? Um, we, we should keep in mind that the, 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 the penal... Uh, Tribune in, in 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 the Hague, I guess. I'm I'm missing this this reference. Is started to examine an accusation against Bolsonaro for allegedly conducting a genocide against indigenous people uh, in Brazil. So this is becoming a, a, a let's say a global issue. Uh, a potentially explosive issue, and an issue which is very dear to uh, to the more left-wing uh, uh, part of the Democratic Party, right? If this uh, uh, 
gains traction in, 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 in worldwide and in the U.S., I think that will prove to be uh, a potentially explosive, uh, uh, more than an irritation point in the bilateral relationship for the following reason. This is not, not a small issue, politically speaking, for Bolsonaro. Because uh, we should not forget that the Amazon region has a population of 20, 27, approximately, uh, million people. And uh, Bolsonaro was uh, one big in this part of the country. And part of his political base and uh, people he's counting on to be reelected uh, in 2022 are people who are very much against the idea that uh, foreign powers and NGOs and globalists and those sorts of people are sort of discriminating uh, against Brazil on the basis of uh, baseless, they say, accusations about deforestation and genocide against indigenous people. So this is, if I were to single out one issue that can prove to be a sort of third rail in the relationship, I would, I would say deforestation and the alleged genocide against indigenous people. I don't know whether you agree with me or, or not in, in that regard, Nick. So I would I would agree with you. I think that this does have potential to be far more than an irritant, uh, for, as it should be, frankly. Uh, accusations of genocide, mass human rights violations uh, are something that justifiably are near and dear to, to the heart of the of the Democratic Party writ large, not just the left wing of the Democratic yeah, Party. Well, much yeah. much as it is much as it is in various sectors of Brazilian society as well and across the world. Um, and I do think we have to, to keep in mind that in the early appointment period of the Biden administration, they are sending very clear signals, not in a Brazil-specific way, but globally, that climate change and countering climate change, better said, um, is going to be one of the foremost priorities in the Biden administration's domestic and foreign policy. The fact that former Secretary of State John Kerry, one of the real diplomatic heavyweights of the Democratic Party, is taking on this new role as, as sort of as climate change diplomacy czar. The fact that Gina McCarthy has just been nominated the former head of our Environmental Protection Agency to lead up the domestic effort. These are heavy hitters. Uh, the fact that Brian Deese, who's very involved in the Obama administration's effort to get the Paris Climate Accords agreement across the, the finishing line, is going to be the head of the White House National Economic Council, shows that climate change as an issue, both in the domestic U.S. context and in our diplomatic approach, is going to be a fully integrated priority across the various vectors of the U.S. government. Um, and is something that is going to be prioritized in, frankly, I would imagine, all of our diplomatic engagements, certainly most. And so I do think to your point, Sergio, the potential for tension right there, uh, it's real. Yeah, it's real. Let me make clear that I, uh, uh, I think this is a pressure for the good 
right? <laughs> I, I entirely sympathize with with the concerns of, of the Democratic Party in, in general regarding uh, deforestation and the well-being in Indigenous people. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm not advocating that that uh, Bolsonaro is right. I'm just saying that, look, guys, this this are the this is one issue that uh, can sort of depending on how you approach it, it can have a sort of rallying effect among all the different heterogeneous sectors of the coalition that led Bolsonaro to power. So in a way, it, it might sort of backfire and strengthen Bolsonaro for re-election. Uh, the thing is not what to do, but how to do. Right? And to really to find to fine tune this and how to bridge the right uh, connections within uh, strategic actors in Brazil, first and foremost, but not only the military and 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 business people. Uh, I, it's it's I, it's yeah. it's going to be complicated, Nick. Uh, I I anticipated uh, a bumpy a bumpy road ahead. Enjoy. I, I agree. Uh, I think maybe my concluding thought on on, on this front uh, is just that your point is very well taken. Uh, I am cognizant of of the sensitivities of the broader debate in Brazil uh, and the Amazon specifically, whether it's deforestation or, or or other specific matters. It does overlap very profoundly with with perceptions of Brazilian sovereignty writ large, which is which is a politically sensitive issue. And uh, I do hope and expect that that the Biden administration, as it kind of hits the ground running, uh, has enough context to take that on board uh, and can adjust accordingly. All right. And what about the 5G, which is a, another big issue on the, on the agenda? Uh, um, how different will uh, the Biden administration be in that regard compared to, to Trump's administration? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, I think it's a bit of an open question as, as well. Listen, there has been, uh, more generally speaking, putting aside Huawei for, for a second, there has really been a bipartisan hardening of opinion vis-a-vis China in Washington, D.C. The Democratic Party has also, I think, fundamentally, its views of of China have evolved over the years. There have always been some leaders in the Democratic Party on the China front, like Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, that have been more quote-unquote hawks when it comes to China. But this has become now more of the consensus view. And so Brazil, as one of the world's largest democracies, as a country that has very robust trade relations with the United States and China, in theory is you know at the forefront of the alliance restoration project that I anticipate the Biden administration undertakes to shape the geopolitical and geostrategic environment in which China is rising. So I think it is an important dynamic in the relationship. Um, I do think that my suspicion is that you will see a slightly more nuanced approach from the Biden administration. Sometimes with the Trump administration, you felt like uh, relations with third party, it was almost a litmus test. Are you with us or are you against us when it comes to China? Right, and that would right. manifest itself right in a public concession like 5G. 
I guess what I'm saying is it's not clear to me that if Brazil does in fact opt for Huawei, that that's going to be a huge damaging uh, dynamic in, in the relationship in the way that it might have been under under Trump. But I do think that the Biden administration in general terms is going to look to rally the democracies around the world, particularly in Asia, but really across the global south and, of course, Europe, uh, to shape a more conducive environment to, to having a more constructive uh, global actor in this surgent uh, China. And Brazil, I think, has a role to play there. The question is, how will Bolsonaro and his camp play it. And yeah. I don't have a lot of clarity on that. Well, neither neither do I. What, what I would like to say that I see this as an opportunity for Brazil. If I let's let's let me imagine, let me picture myself in government. Uh, I, I think uh, Brazil can uh, well on on it's it would be uh, impossible for Brazil to just to to say no to China and to Huawei, right? To to forbid Huawei to, the, Huawei was already in Brazil, right? right. <laughs> and there is a right. lot of equipment here in the in the 4G that is provided. Most of the equipment, as 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 far as my knowledge goes, is provided by Huawei. So, but you can balance this, uh, saying, okay, you can go one step further, but within certain limits, and. Uh, on the other hand, uh, striking benefits uh, in the bilateral relationship with the U.S. saying, well, okay, we are paying a price here, limiting uh, the penetration of Chinese technology in Brazil, which has short-term negative impacts for our, for our economy because of the package that the Chinese are ready to provide in terms of finance and technology. But we need some compensation. We need some serious compensation on the other hand. So let's think about other areas in which Brazil and the U.S. can can cooperate in defense, in the environment. But that, I, I'm afraid that would take a much more daft and uh, strategically oriented kind of foreign policy that uh, the Bolsonaro government can, can provide. Well, I want to thank both of you, Nick, Sergio, for this really interesting and wide-ranging conversation. I think you've covered um, a lot of ground and highlighted some of the tensions between, um, you know, the domestic political pressures on Bolsonaro, um, as well as, you know, some of the, the things that Brazil uh, will be in Brazil's interest, right, in the interest of Brazil-U.S. relations. Um, so I just want to thank you both for joining us. For more information about Brazil-U.S. relations, check out our website, www.wilsoncenter.org Brazil. This episode was produced and edited by Oscar Cruz. Until next time, thanks for listening.